What's up, everybody? Ryan Satin here, back with another WWE on Fox SmackDown Roundup to wrap up your week. Hope you had a good one. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's conversation with Charles Robinson. Gotta say, that was one of my favorite interviews to date on the podcast. Someone who is just such a nice dude, someone who is super open on the podcast, so many entertaining stories, so much knowledge of the wrestling business there. Really enjoyed getting to pick his brain for 45 minutes. If you haven't listened to that yet, go make sure that you do so. You won't regret it. Really, really fun conversation. Uh, The guy is the coolest. Also, don't forget, next week we've got a Royal Rumble predictions show dropping in the weekly schedule, but we're also going to have a new out of character as well. So make sure you guys tune into those. I'm really excited about the prediction show. Once again, got Roka back to chat with me about his thoughts and for both of us to do a little bit of jousting. Always fun getting to talk with him, especially now that we're doing it more on this podcast feed. But speaking of this podcast feed, what you're here to listen to is not me ramble on about what's ahead. What you're here to listen to me talk about is this week's episode of SmackDown. So let's just dive right into that. The show begins with the bloodline arriving to the building as a hyped up Sami Zayn led the way. Sami went for a shield style fist bump with Roman, but Reigns left him hanging and walked away. There'll be much more to come on this topic, so let's just we'll 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 put a pin on that one until until we get further into the show. But what we did have right away that we can digest was the Banger Bros versus Viking Raiders. Michael Cole paid tribute to Jay Briscoe before the match, calling them one of the great tag teams in pro wrestling and saying many on the roster were in mourning. Yeah, this um this has been a crappy week in the world of pro wrestling. I don't think there's any other way to word it. 38 is just way too damn young. I'm 36 years old, and I couldn't imagine my life being over in two years. You know, I, I've i talked in the past about my brother passing away young, and I've just seen what it does to families. I, I've just seen how people hurt for so long, when someone that you know, when someone so close to them passes away, way, way, way too soon, and you know, obviously everyone's life is equal, but when you have someone who gave so much of their life to entertain others, when that when that person passes away, and you just you see how much they meant to so many people, what they meant to. A community, what they meant to their peers, and it's it's just it's just heartbreaking. I've seen so many tributes this week, and you know, I never had any experiences with the guy, but from all accounts, he really seemed to be someone that made a an impression on the people around him in in more ways than one. Just really, really sad. Just, just it. it I've been sad all week about it. You know, I. I've seen so many Briscoe Brothers matches and, you know, being a younger brother whose older brother passed away, my 
all I can do is just think about how much Mark is hurting. And, you know, me and my brother were really close, too. We did a lot together. I just can't imagine when you do so much with your older brother. Just so much. Probably looked up to him, and it's just... It's just painful, man. It's just really painful. And so, um, really classy move of WWE to pay tribute to him, even in a small way like that. You know, he was never a WWE superstar. It's not someone who's ever been on WWE TV. But as you've been able to see this past week on social media, clearly someone who had a lasting effect on the wrestling industry and someone who's going to be just so missed by, by just so many people and I hope I hope his daughters end up you know coming out of this okay <sighs> all right moving on from that sad note we'll talk about this actual match itself um at one point drew hit a Michinoku driver on Ivar looked damn impressive Ivar is not a small guy uh, and then the finish saw Drew and Sheamus both hit their finishers to get the pinfall This was exactly what you'd expect from these two teams. A hard-hitting, kick-ass, physical match. You know, I was a little surprised at how the finish was basically a clean finish that put the Viking Raiders away when it seemed like a new program was starting between Drew and Sheamus and the Viking Raiders. But still, I guess there's ways to go about continuing that. But it does seem to me like the Banger Bros are the favorites to win this tournament, get another tag team title shot against the Usos. Um, But as for the match itself, I really did like this one. I felt like this whole tournament, you know, the whole, the, the matches we saw tonight were all pretty much, I think it was all, yeah, it was all tournament matches. For the SmackDown Tag Team title tournament that kicked off. And I actually liked doing the whole first round in the first night. I thought that was a good way of kicking things off. And each match, you know, there weren't really duds per se or anything like that. These matches were pretty kick-ass. You know, Viking Raiders are guys who are hard-hitting. Banger Bros are two guys who are hard-hitting. Two guys... Oh, excuse me. Four guys who all like to be physical, and that's really what we got here. I liked this match. Good way to kick off the tournament, and like I said, I do think the Banger Bros are the favorites to win this tournament. Next, more of the Sami Zayn drama. Sami approaches Roman and asks if everything is cool between them. Roman says he saw how Sami looked last week and tells him to give it to him straight on how he was feeling. Sammy says if he's being honest, he was a little disappointed last week. Oh, I got to sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sammy says if he's being honest, he was a little disappointed last week because he wanted to represent for the family and didn't know the Usos were going to interfere. And then he said, Kevin Owens says I'm being used and for a split second, And he trails off. He doesn't finish that sentence. Roman Reigns is incensed by this notion. Tells Sammy to get out. And that this isn't what Sammy's here for every week. And then he he says, 
when do I have to ask for when do I have to ask you for your approval? Why don't you go find Kevin Owens or go find your own bloodline and stop using mine? And then Heyman shoes him off. Oh, heartbreaking, heartbreaking. This whole show, <laughs> this whole show was like watching a really cute puppy get yelled at by their owner. <laughs> And you're like, this poor dog doesn't know any better. He's he's a puppy. He doesn't know that he shouldn't be peeing in the ground right there. You don't have to be that mean to him. But that's that's kind of the vibe I got. And it's the look that Sami Zayn did so well all night. Just those puppy dog eyes uh, being scolded by the mean owner. And Roman is clearly cracking here. The story of Sami Zayn and Roman splitting apart. Story of Sami Zayn no longer being in the bloodline is in is happening rapidly, and it's so sad to watch. Everyone talks about how this is the best storyline in years, and I completely agree. But it's so depressing seeing Sami Zayn just get yelled at like a scalded dog. So yeah, I uh, big bummer about this one, <laughs> but. Absolutely where this story needs to go as Royal Rumble and as WrestleMania is rapidly approaching. Next, Raquel Rodriguez cut a quick promo, hyping her appearance in the Royal Rumble. Nothing too major here. Then we had LA Knight versus a local wrestler. Knight cut a quick promo beforehand about his upcoming match against Bray Wyatt at the Royal Rumble. Then... As the match began, the screen kept cutting in with Wyatt's logo. L.A. won the match with his finisher and a Firefly Funhouse video began after that. The creatures seemed to be coming back to life inside the Funhouse. We got Ramblin' Rabbit, Huskus, the Pig, Sister Abigail. We got the whole crew. Uh, what's What's the alligator's name? Not an alligator. He's the buzzard. But what's his name? He's the buzzard. I said alligator. Why did I say alligator? <laughs> um, what should we call him? Why? Why am I blanking on his name? Mercy the buzzard. There we go. I don't know why I said alligator. That's the week I've had. Everybody. That's where my mind is at. Not in the right place. No, I'm just kidding. It's here. We're here. We're here to talk about SmackDown. Um. Wyatt tells everyone that he missed them and says he can't wait to have fun with his friends once again in the funhouse. Wyatt warned Knight that he should be afraid of the dark and winked at the camera. And then Howdy came onto an old TV saying he told you so. And all Bray needed was a little push. Wyatt tells LA Knight that he was the one who opened the door and that whatever comes through is his problem now. So you all know I really like this Bray Wyatt stuff. But my biggest confusion here is that I thought he supposedly freed all those entities from the funhouse when he first came back. What changed now? I'm a little confused. Now, I said this on Twitter, and a lot of people replied saying, well, that was never said by anybody. That was just your understanding of the situation. Uh, yeah, duh, that's what I'm saying. Of course it's my understanding of the situation. But that is how it appeared. It appeared like he had let all the creatures out of the funhouse. We were getting this new Bray Wyatt. And then we started seeing this Uncle Howdy stuff. It seemed like we were going down a new path. 
how did we get back to the Firefly Funhouse? And I'm not saying that I dislike the Firefly Funhouse. I did like the Firefly Funhouse. They were entertaining segments. But how did we get back here? Howdy brought him back to the Funhouse. Okay. But Howdy was never part of the original Funhouse. So what does he have to do with all of this? Are we going to get some kind of answers? I would like some kind of answers. I'm grumpy. I know. I've had a bad week. I've had a long week. Um... Not the best day today, personally, but I don't think that's affecting my thoughts on this. I don't think I'm just being a negative Nancy here. I'm a bit confused as to how we're back here. Even if we're getting the Fiend at the Royal Rumble. I just don't know. I mean, I guess the part at the end of this where Howdy was on the TV saying he told you so and all Brain needed was a little push. I guess we're supposed to understand, accept, I guess we're supposed to take from all of this that the revel in what you are was just whatever was controlling Bray before in the fun house was trying to get him back under control after he let everyone out. But how did he get everyone back? How did he? I'm a little confused. <laughs> because we had like a piece of paper from like a mental institution. And how bright, I just, oh wow. <laughs> this is my great analysis right now, me just huffing and puffing over here. <laughs> but I think you guys feel me on this one. We had these cool Easter eggs. Things were leading us down paths. And now somehow we're just back where we started with no real explanation of what was ever happening. Am I am I overthinking this? What do you think? Let me know. Tweet me at Ryan Satin. I want to hear what you think. Because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm tripping here. But uh, I kind of am a little confused. Next up, Hit Row versus Los Lotharios. <laughs> it was funny how uh, Cole was <laughs> making fun of Top Dollar. And then Top Dollar, I don't even know if he heard him, but he still came to ringside. And called Michael Cole out while chopping Angel. The finish of this match saw B-Fab grab Humberto's leg, which allowed Ashanti to get a roll-up for the win. This was, um, you know, I think out of the out of all the matches we saw, um, there was nothing. This was like the I, I don't say a dud because, like I said, there were no duds. They were all entertaining matches because this match did do a good job of showcasing Hit Row as a heel team. It's a heel faction, I should say. Uh, they were utilizing heel tactics. They even cheated to win. All that works for me. I'd just love to see more of Angel and Humberto. They've really been underutilized as a team. Both of these guys, when I was watching this match, I was thinking to myself, man, where have these guys been on TV? Why aren't we getting more of these two? Humberto was killing it for a while, and being put in the tag team kind of stunted that. I think that these guys are better than just being in a tag team together because they're related. I really do think they both could fill out different roles on the show and that teaming them together is almost a disservice to them because Humberto is a natural babyface. The guy can get the people on his side. He's got those dimples. 
And he was someone who was getting a push on TV for a while, and suddenly that went away. And Angel is a natural heel. Just such a natural heel. So good at getting people to hate him right away. Just garnering heat without issue. And then he's got the in-ring skills to back it up. So I do feel like this team is very mismatched together. But I want to see more of them separately. I think Umberto should be given the chance to have some more bangers again in singles competition. Same for Angel. I don't know if being as a team has helped them. Next, Braun Strowman, uh, he cut a basic promo about the Royal Rumble, much like Raquel earlier. And then Charlotte Flair comes out to the ring. She calls out Sonya Deville over her attack last week. Sonya heals it up for the crowd and says she wants a title opportunity because she's a star. Charlotte asks what makes her more special than everybody else and reminds Sonya that she tapped out, so maybe she should focus on the Royal Rumble instead of trying to jump in the line again. Charlotte challenged her to a match tonight anyways, though, but Sonya declines unless the title is on the line, so Adam Pearce steps in, and Sonya cheap shots Charlotte from behind then runs off to the back. Nothing, No problems, no issues with this. I love what they're doing. Getting Sonya to force her way into a title match makes sense. Even pointing out the fact that she's just jumping the line because she doesn't want to focus on the Royal Rumble. And if I was a heel, I'd be doing the same thing. Why focus on the long Royal Rumble match when you can maybe just weasel your way into a title match and get your ticket to WrestleMania in a different fashion? I think it makes a heel look very smart. What I want to point out here, though, is a few weeks ago, when Charlotte Flair came back, I said that there was hope that she could actually get over as a babyface again and get the people on her side, and I don't care what you said to me then, I want you to now say to me, Ryan, you were right. Because a lot of people doubted me when I said that. I read a lot of comments, hating still, hating. They were still hating. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but now, uh, I think you see the past two weeks, the people are on her side. People are chanting positively for her. They're not booing her. They want to cheer Charlotte Flair. And she, to her credit, has masterfully played into it. Masterfully played into it. Um, she has done a good job of doing the call and response stuff. She has made herself feel more likable to the audience. And I just wanted to say, I told you so. I just wanted to quickly say, I told you so. Charlotte Flair versus Sonya. That'll be good at the Rumble if it happens. Um, but maybe it'll happen before. Maybe it'll happen next week on SmackDown or something. I'm not sure. Uh, Roman is once again shown stewing in his locker room. He asks Heyman about Sammy. And Paul says that he hasn't liked Sammy since day one, but does ask if it's better to have Sammy on their side right as they prepare to go up against Kevin Owens, saying maybe it's better to have him pissing, excuse me, maybe it's better to have him in the castle pissing out rather than out of the castle pissing in. Beautifully said. Brawling Brutes versus Imperium up after that. This match was impressive right off the bat with quick back and forth action between both teams that maintained throughout. The finish saw Ludwig and Giovanni Vinci hit the Imperium Bomb, 
for the win. This match honestly felt like with if they had had like 10 more minutes maybe, five more minutes, uh, not 10, we'll go 10, uh, it felt like it could have taken place at TakeOver. They were just hitting each other, bringing the heat. I was impressed the whole match. I was watching this match thinking, damn, we need to see more of these two teams against each other because they are killing it. Just a fantastic match to have in the first round of this tournament. When you see a match like this, you go, damn, there is some talent in that tag team division. And it's great to see it showcased. There really are a good amount of teams on the show. And they've all got their own positives. I really did like this match. I was on the edge of my seat watching it. Not to give too much hyperbole there, but it was very entertaining. I really enjoyed it. I couldn't help but think while watching this, though, that the Brawling Brutes feels like it could come to an end soon. Am I crazy for thinking that? Because I was watching this match thinking that Sheamus really has been doing more with Drew McIntyre as of late. They've been pushing those two as a tag team They've been pushing them in backstage angles, and we haven't seen as much of the Brawling Brutes as a trio. And I almost wonder if the plan is to break them up ahead of WrestleMania and have Sheamus and Drew versus Butch just to have them against the Brawling Brutes. (laughs) Rich Holland, Butch, I was going to say Pete Dunne, that's what threw me off, but... I almost could see him becoming Pete Dunne again in that moment if they were to break up. It's been saved. He could. He, he's called it. A, it's been referred to as a nickname, so you never know. But ultimately, I, I, I could see either Drew and Sheamus versus Pete. I almost did it again. Versus Butch and Ridge Holland. Or Sheamus versus Ridge Holland versus Butch as a match. On the card at WrestleMania. What do you guys think about that? Do you like that fantasy booking? Tell me what you think. Minus me stumbling on the names there. It's so hard to call him Butch. When I've been so used to calling him Pete Dunne for so long. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Sammy was summoned to the Tribal Chiefs locker room by Paul Heyman. After that, uh, Shayna Baszler cut another Royal Rumble promo. Karrion Cross. Addressed his match against Rey Mysterio next week and also declared himself for the Royal Rumble. Not too much to decipher there. All three of those things, not a lot to write home about. But I will say that I definitely do enjoy the little Royal Rumble promos. The Royal Rumble should mean something to every single competitor. It should be a thing that is important So when you see all the wrestlers, well not all the wrestlers, but when you see a bunch of the wrestlers talking about their intentions in the Royal Rumble, all it really does is further enhance the importance of that match. So really, uh, you know, nothing like promo-wise that blew me away or made me go, oh my god, the guy's the best promo ever, uh, or woman is the best promo ever, but uh, effective nonetheless. Next we had Legato versus Maximum Male motto, Models. Uh, Legato won this one as expected. Uh, but I'm going to use this time to talk about how great the Maximum Male Models YouTube series 
has been. I wish they were on the shows because Maximum Male Models, the videos that they've been posting on YouTube of them are so good. They're so entertaining. They remind me of, you know, uh, Z True Hollywood story, Hollywood Long Island story, and, um, you know, just fun YouTube, they, BTE and stuff like that. Just such silly nonsense with the wrestlers behind the scenes, wrestlers doing silly things, funny insider lines, lots of good stuff. I would like to see them on TV. I really do think it would help get the act over if more people saw these videos because they're super funny. The ones with uh, the recent the recent ones with Masse being lost had me cracking up. Glad they found him this week with their noir version of the show but each week on their youtube series it does make you care about these two superstars more yes they're silly yes they're not meant to be taken seriously but when you watch these videos you go damn these guys are freaking talented these guys are freaking hilarious i do think it would be good to see more of these guys uh on Friday Night Smackdown, but specifically in the form of these videos that they're putting on the internet, because uh, it's it's the, this day and age, you know, character building, profile type stuff is what people want to see, and it doesn't have to just go on YouTube. It can go on the main shows, just like these Royal Rumble promos can go on the show. You can put a quick bit of it and show the people what they're missing who aren't watching on YouTube. If you're one of those people, go watch those videos. Uh, they're, they're hilarious. Very much worth watching. Next, Sammy returned to the Bloodline locker room, and Roman explained again that he's a hothead, but he has the wise man to talk some sense into him. Roman goes on to say their relationship works because they have similar mindsets, that sometimes he just expects the same amount of love and loyalty that he gives out. Sammy says there's nothing but love for him. I will always put what's best for the bloodline and this family first. Just tell me what you need and I will do it. Roman tells him to find the Usos and to make sure the cars are ready so they can leave as soon as the contract signing is over. Sammy puts out the fist again and this time Roman fist bumps him back. <sighs> You feel for Sammy. You feel for Sammy here. He just wants he just wants to be friends with the tribal chief. He just wants the respect of the tribal chief. And even though he kind of gets it, you can tell that it's not genuine. And it makes you sad. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm a softie this week. But when you see that there's a fake appreciation going on, We've all seen it in real life. We've all dealt with similar disappointment, and you can't help but put yourself in Sami Zayn's shoes. Well, at least me anyway. <laughs> Lastly, to wrap up this Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens drama throughout the night, we get the contract signing between Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. Well, what was supposed to be a contract signing. Roman makes his entrance for the contract signing, but KO... Hops the barricade and takes Solo out of the ring. He then hits Roman with a stunner. And the Usos rush out to help. Owens fights the Usos. Then gets back into the ring and hits a pop-up powerbomb on Roman Reigns. Through a table while Heyman screamed no in the corner. 
Kevin takes the contract from Heyman and signs it. And then Sami Zayn comes rushing out. But KO just tosses him the contract and leaves through the crowd. This was better than just a regular contract signing. Obviously making Kevin Owens look tough by taking out all the bloodline on his own. Does wonders for him. Makes him look like a badass going to the match. I just can't help but feel like I'm seeing copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste when it comes to Kevin Owens' role in all of this. Now, I saw other people on social media afterwards. A lot of people liked this segment. Said it made Kevin Owens look tough. Good for him to get one up on the bloodline. But I can't help but feel like he's most likely going to lose at the Royal Rumble. And with that being the case... I just feel like these segments where all it is is him constantly attacking from out of the crowd doesn't feel too thrilling to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just like I want a little more creativity or more promo. I mean, he's so good at talking that I wouldn't have mind. I wouldn't have minded him coming out for this one and going back and forth with Roman on the mic face to face, toe to toe. I think that might have been better. I, I They're both so good at talking. I th- think it would have at least felt a little different than the same thing we've been seeing about either the bloodline hopping the barricade or Kevin Owens hopping the barricade. All we're seeing is back to back to back to back to back to back to back of the same thing. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I am being too hard on this. I did enjoy it. Then just, then just like if two guys, I guess, had come out done a contract signing but I don't know maybe it didn't I don't know I really wanted something more for Kevin Owens I want Kevin Owens to come out of this better than he went into it and I don't know at this point if we get there and he just loses if he's going to come out better at the end of this that's just me I don't know maybe I'm tripping maybe you're listening to this going Ryan you're in a bad mood you've had a bad day go chill go enjoy your friday night think about it get back to us maybe you'll be more positive maybe that's the case i'm gonna go do that but that's just how i'm feeling in the moment here all right i'm out of here uh go subscribe to the podcast feed if you're listening to this and haven't already done so leave a review i read new ones on here go follow wwe on fox on social media and make sure that you subscribe to the wwe on fox YouTube channel to watch out of character every Wednesday. You see clips from Raw and SmackDown and so much more. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been the SmackDown Roundup.